Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this week's Batchadamia, we are on, um, and we are going to talk about the beginning of the giant meltdown uh, that is happening right now with Claire. But first, we have a special guest. It is Connie Hansen. Uh, she is the student organizations coordinator at UNI. She's UNI alumni. She's worked at UNI for 31 years. Uh, she has a heart for reality television, traveling, and spending time with her family. And the most important fact, Connie is our all-time catcher on our beer league softball team. So yeah. Connie has a relationship with all of the umpires where they like her. They don't like our team because it's a bunch of middle-aged people who are drinking, but Connie can like sweet talk all of the umps. <laughs> Connie, what do you want to tell us about yourself? It's a skill. It's a skill sweet talking those umps. <laughs> um <laughs> What do I want to say? Um, I'm just excited to be on the show. I have watched The Bachelor since day one and everything in The Bachelor franchise. And I'm not going to lie, some of the spinoff weirdy things that have been out there lately, I have also, I don't know if you've seen The Circle, or they're just all crazy. They're all crazy, but I love them because here's the deal. I work with college students. And I feel like sometimes this, everyone says, this is made up. This is scripted. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's editing. It's really great editing. Because if you watch closely, I live with a videographer. Some of the editing is taken maybe out of context. But overall, I really feel like people act like this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love so it. Connie's, Connie's, both of her children are UNI alums too. And I have a soft spot for both of them. They are super nice people. Austin does video editing. And um, uh, why am I blanking on your daughter's name? She's kill you, Kelsey. I know, Kelsey. <laughs> We're like the Wonder Twins. We we play outfield together on the beer league team. And we, we do like a Wonder Twins cheer right before we go out there. So, sorry, Kelsey. Uh, oh, I love it. Okay. So also, if you are not watching the YouTube version of this, uh, Danielle and I are in costume because it's the day before Halloween. Danielle, what are you dressed up as? I'm a T-Rex. And I am a three-toed sloth. This is my sloth onesie. I have taught in this costume before. It is really hot to the point where I had to actually like strip it down. And I was like sweating in front of the students. So I know what I am, but I am someone who is on McMillian. Yeah, McDonald's, she's eating food in front of us. Uh, so again, we're still looking for sponsors. Maybe hit us up. Ba, 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 awesome. ba, ba. All right. So describe Tuesday's episode in one word. Who wants to go first? Dale. Duh. <laughs> I think I spell this as one word, but I'm not an English person. I mean, an English major, so... <laughs> I'm going to say an English person. That's really weird. Um, hot mess. I put okay. it together when I text it. It even just comes up on my phone that way. So I think it's one word. No, you speak the English good, Connie. Come on. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I will go with um, conflict. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was just a weekend of conflict or a, a Tuesday of conflict. All right. So we also always have 
for our guest. I say always like we've been doing this forever. Third episode, we've decided this will always happen. We got a question for our guest. Worst gift a significant other or potential mate gave you? And Danielle texted me and said she has a great worst gift idea or worst gift story. So maybe she goes last because I feel like we're not going to top her. Sounds good. I feel bad because I think Kevin's probably going to watch this. (laughs) Bless his soul. He's tried to surprise me once. I always guess surprises. I don't like surprises. Um, I think I thought I was getting engaged (laughs) in my head. This was going to be perfect. And I got a really nice necklace. Ooh. And then the next time I thought I was getting engaged, I got a really nice ring, not an engagement ring, <laughs> um, which continually made me a little angsty. Eventually, I got engaged and I, and I got married. I've been happily married. But those two times, I was not a very good receiver of gifts. I was very like, thanks. Black <laughs> now. It was a beautiful necklace. It was a beautiful ring. I was very not grateful for him making an attempt and not being ready to get engaged. But I, in my head, was right there ready to marry this man. So there you have it. And I feel shameful for admitting that. But yeah. It would no, be my- I think we all had to have a talk with our significant others and be like, you're probably going to get brought up on this. <laughs> so they know. Um Two things I have to say. One, my friend Jorge turned 50. Happy birthday. And he thought the fart ring box on the first episode was the funniest thing ever. And his wife hated it. So I got it for him for his birthday, knowing that he is just going to do it to Christy over and over again. And I gave it to him last night and he just kept, oh, it was amazing. She could kill you in your sleep. Maybe I know. It's amazing. Uh, Hi, Christy. (laughs) Also to you. Uh, So... Worst gift, when I was in high school, I was dating a girl and she made me drive her to Des Moines. So I'm from Newton, Iowa. Uh, Des Moines is about a 35, 40 minute drive under the pretense of like wanting to take me out for my birthday. And then she's like, oh, we need to stop at the mall. And she shopped for clothes for like an hour. And then clearly as she was walking out of guests, bought like the cheapest thing of cologne that was like on the, the end rack and was like, oh, here. And then when we got there, she was like, I don't have any money. Can you pay? I don't know what part was the gift, uh, the cologne, me driving her, but then we broke up. You she will tell you it was mutual, but it was not mutual. <laughs> so the gift was like the the death sign of the relationship. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Over. gift was released from the, the relationship. gift is that you were done. <laughs> All right, so, Danielle, hit us up. So, um... My story sort of starts in high school too. So in high school, I I think I was a senior. I went to a dance with a guy from another school. I think his name was Matt. We're going to call him Matt for the story. Um, You know, one of my good friends was dating one of his friends, whatever. So we go to this dance, whatever. Three years later, fast forward, I'm at UNI. I'm working at Walmart. It's when Walmart was in College Square. And I'm working as a cashier and Matt comes through my lane and I'm like, Oh, hi, long time. No see. And he proceeds to tell me how he just moved to Cedar falls and doesn't really know anyone. 
his roommates in the National Guard isn't around. And so I'm like, well, let's exchange numbers. And if I know something going on, I'll let you know so you can like meet some people. <clears throat> okay. He leaves. He comes back an hour later, back through my lane, and he's buying movies. And he's like, hey, you want to hang out later tonight and watch these movies at my place? And I was like, oh, I actually already have plans. A friend of mine's coming over. Um, and he's like, oh, well, we can go to your place. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're just like watching, like, I'm like going to be washing clothes, like doing laundry <laughs> and just like hanging out. Like, it's going to be boring. You don't want to come. And he's like, no, no, like, I'll come over. So he does. And my friend Michelle's there. And we're just hanging out. It's really casual. And at one point, he's like, hey, you want to go out and see? I got a new car. You want to go see it? And <laughs> Connie's facial expressions right now. I'm like, so we're like, okay. So we go out to the parking lot and we're looking in his car and in the backseat of his car, there's this intricately carved jewelry box. I'm like, whoa, that's like interesting. You know, and he's like, oh, that's for you. Oh. I finished it up this afternoon. No. And um, I whipped up a carved wooden box. <laughs> whipped up this carved, wait, to, <laughs> carved wooden box. He's like, it's for you. I was going to give it to you later tonight. And me, in my infinite awkwardness, goes, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I said this. Oh my God. Wow. This is really nice. You should like, give it to your grandma or something. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, like you, you need to have this. So 20 no. years later, <laughs> I still have this jewelry box. So Matt, if you're out there listening, that was weird. Um, but you're a really talented woodworker. I hope you've nurtured <laughs> that talent over the years. Oh, so but I have questions. <laughs> Was like had he been harboring like feelings for you for three years, and he was like sitting in the basement like carving this, and then he like <laughs> like just made this chance occurrence, or was he like did, were you one of several girls that he was like first one I see I'm gonna like finish this right up and give it to him? I don't know. I like we I don't really have any memory of us really talking after the high school dance. I don't really have any memory of us talking after this gift exchange. So he gave you the like, gift? I have like no, it was like, and I remember like my friend Michelle is just busting a gut. She's like watching this, you know, go down. And then so like I'm like, oh my gosh, a boy whittled me a box like that is not a whittled box that is a very amazingly intricately lace filled wooden did you box. and did, michelle thought he was going to take you out there and kill you so yes, that's yes. he watched yes did you give him a gift in return no no i like told him to give it to his grandma <laughs> <laughs> then he's like very adamant that I should have it. And then like the rest of the night was incredibly awkward. I think he left before my friend Michelle did. And I feel like him and Michelle were having like the stare down. Like it was like, who's going to leave first? And he's like, he just gave a closet of these at home that he just randomly wow. has he on hand. lives in Cedar Falls. Cause if he does, I hope <laughs> I know him or run into him. I don't, 
I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, um, I'm not sure. We haven't really kept in touch over the years. <laughs> Look for a I, I still have a beautiful jewelry box. Okay. Well, on that topic of people uh, <laughs> never talking again, let's talk about who went home. I had a request that we talk about who went home first and do a briefer so people know. So Brandon went home last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake, Brendan, I'm looking for my uh, sheet here so I can tell you who everybody was. We got Blake Monar, male grooming specialist. Uh, Brandon, real estate agent. Brendan, commercial roofer, went home. We got Garen, so the journalism professor. We, we no longer have the faculty members going strong on there. Uh, Tyler S., who was a music manager. I like how I say it in the past tense. Like they, they lose the fake job that they made up for the show. Um, Yousef, we'll get to you. And Zach J. We'll also get to you, Zach J. Um, and those were the people who went home. So probably a good time to talk about Yousef. Yousef. Not sure how to pronounce his name, and I feel like this will be the last time I even have to think about it. Maybe Yosef? I don't know. I thought it was Yosef, like Joseph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, did he have a point about dodgeball and other complaints? You do? You think so, Connie? Absolutely. That was so uncalled for. If they would have done that with women, we would have been, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It just went south. And the whole conversations afterwards. Yeah, it was bad news bears. That was bad. I um I understand his concern uh about dodgeball. I he once again called her crazy, and I'm not a fan of calling anyone crazy first, but also I feel like calling in that situation, calling her crazy is not calling her actions crazy. It is a kind of like masculine jab at all oh, women be crazy. Um Absolutely. And I don't think he brought it up in a way that he actually wanted any resolution to the situation. Like he clearly wanted out. He wanted a fight. Like when you bring something up and you want to like come to an understanding and, and I, and I'd be interested in Danielle's take on this, but it seemed like he brought it up and they were like agreeing with each other, but not really agreeing with each other. They were like fake agreeing. And then he didn't get the reaction that he wanted. So he started piling on more stuff until he got her to totally blow up. She was being a very good listener. I thought (laughs) at the beginning when he started registering his complaints. And I do think that he was uncomfortable with that. I think it's okay for him to express that. I I mean, I do think that she brought up a good point in sort of saying, hey, that's why I didn't have you on this date, because I didn't think that you would be comfortable with it. And um, but I I felt the same way that she just listened. And because he wasn't getting a rise out of her, he kind of kept piling things on until he did get a response. So what about how Claire handled it? She did grab him at one point. And I, obviously she is much smaller than him and probably is not going to do a lot of harm, but I feel like 
she should not be putting hands on him in a heated argument. Um, like she wanted him to turn. So, cause he tried to walk away and she grabbed him and said, no, look at me. Um, and obviously that comes up again. And I, I, I don't think you can complain about someone grabbing you later. And then when you grab someone in that situation, not complain about it or feel justified. Um, but I'd be interested in everyone else's opinion. I think if you watch it in context, he was mad about it and was kind of appalled about it at the beginning. And I think then when he didn't go on the next date, he had too much time to stew on it. (laughs) So then he got just mad. And then I think he thought, and I'm just going into maybe his headspace that he was like, all right, I know I'm not going to stay. This isn't for me. So I'm going to go down swinging for all those men with kids at home and I think in his mind, he thought he was doing good. And then he just ended up looking like a jerk. Like he did kind of look jerky there. But then Claire, you're right. She was a fantastic listener. But also, I think in her mind, she was scrambling to figure out what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say. And then she just got, the more he went on, the more mad she got. Then I think it just escalated. But I would say the thing that made me the most angry was the end of that scenario. Of all the people lurking around that Puente (laughs) Resort, who happens to find crying Claire? I was out. I was like, no! It's a good segue in. So let's just, let's rip the Band-Aid off, Dale. Like, the the whole episode was, as Danielle said, Dale. So (laughs) his comforting of Claire was it staged. But first off, kudos to Dale if that wasn't staged. Like, he saw a moment. He did a really good job of comforting her. Like I, like, you know, if anyone's ever been in a situation like that, it's nice to have a friendly person. Uh, so good for him. But like, it also kind of reeked of the producers being like, you know, Bennett's like, I'm going to go talk to her. And they're like, no, 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 Bennett. No, Dale, you're in. Let's go. It felt like, it felt like they said, Hey Dale, why don't you walk around the corner and see if there's, Oh, water fountain over there. <laughs> if he would have had like an ice bucket, I would have been like, oh, I could see how that could happen. But they didn't have time to give it to him. They're just like, deal. We need you on set poolside. <laughs> like, they're like throwing like crumbs. So he follows them. And like... He didn't look surprised to see her. No. He went right to her. That's no. what I was like. Yeah. Only well, the other guys, they were talking, you know, they were very uncomfortable with what went down. And I got the impression that if they had had the opportunity, they would have probably also jumped in and worked to console her. So I thought it was a little suspicious that it just happened to be him. That's a really good point, Danielle, because they were there while he was yelling. And then at some point she was alone and those guys were removed. And then Dale came in for ice. Yeah, it was a very weird uh, kind of situation. So strange. So then this all goes down. She she sends guys home. And then Deanna Pappas, blast from the past, shows up. And I think she was there just to hammer home how much uh, Claire likes Dale. I can't really see any other reason why they had her there. So strange. I always find these segments a little bit awkward, you know, when they bring on a past person and they 
sort of construct this faux friendship. And sometimes you're like, oh, I think that maybe they really are friends. But other times you're like, <laughs> do, do these people talk to each other? Like, she was on there for three minutes and she had to quarantine for 14 days and take a couple COVID tests. I'm like, I'm, I don't like Claire that much. I'm out. I'll do it over Zoom. <laughs> well, Hannah had, who did, who did Hannah have? Uh, Demi. Yeah. And I feel like you only have Demi on if you're friends with her because I feel like if you like Demi, you love Demi. And if you don't like Demi, Demi is a lot. Mm-hmm. So like when she came on, it was like, okay, these people are friends and you look at their Instagram page. I'm still not sure how Deanna and Claire, like, I don't know. Yeah. Then they skipped. Like, to... Oh, go ahead. They're the same age. Maybe like, they're like, oh, they're about, they're both almost 40. Like they can be friends. <laughs> Who do we have an alum that are close to the same age? I think they got on the horn and made some girl that works for ABC call everyone. They're like, I am not quarantining for four days and taking five COVID tests to talk to Claire. <laughs> but and then she's she... like, I don't have anything up. I need a little break from my family. I'll come. But didn't she also like cancel the group date that afternoon? So I was like, maybe they are really good friends because like she was busy all afternoon. Maybe she just really needed someone to talk to. Like maybe Claire just needs someone to talk to. And Deanna was like, they're like, oh, come in for 10 minutes. And then it was like a four hour thing. And she was like. But they would have had a thought about it 14 days prior. I think this is when Claire's going to snap. So they don't think so. They had to have known that they were going to bring her in at one point in time. Interesting. I have been more suspect of The Bachelor this year than I have ever been in my life before because timing has been, because of COVID, has like up my mm. my sniffer game. That's a great point, Connie. Right? She would have had to been quarantined 14 days prior to. So I know that they shoot, they don't shoot continuously, but I just don't think. That had to be pre-thought. So she was either coming on to have some sort of conversation with Claire, and it just happened to be this one, or a cheerleader for Claire. I'd buy that if they told me we just wanted to have somebody come in and support her on day three. I have got to talk about the pants smelling. It is bothering me. (laughs) They skipped his pants. They sniffed his pants. Okay. Like, okay, for one. Was that his gift to her? No, I think Do you think remember she, when they all had to run and get gifts? Was that No, his? no, I think she said he took them off during dodgeball and she said I want those. Oh my gosh. And and Danielle and I text back and forth a little bit about this. My wife and I had a conversation and and what I've come to like most people fall on this like if it was a shirt, if it was like a hat, if it was like a pillow that he had kind of cute, maybe a little creepy people's pants, especially I feel like men's sweaty sweatpants, just like, (laughs) but I missed that. And so when she pulled them across, I was like horrified. Yeah. Yeah, Like if if my husband's like traveling for work, I'm not like, Oh, I miss Brian. Like, let me sniff his. I mean, have your joggers. (laughs) No, like at best, like I'm gonna like smell his shirt or like while I'm doing laundry. It's not like I keep it rolled up in a corner. And then Deanna takes a whiff. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> I 
But you guys ready? Extra credit. They oh. talked about love at first sight. So um, I got some I got some academic uh, talk about love at first sight. Here's what we know about love at first sight. Um, what we know is that there's not a ton of evidence to support that it actually happens. However, people tend to backwards um, write the story of their relationships. So what they remember is that at some point they probably said, I believe in love at first sight. I knew from the minute I saw this person that I was going to uh, be with them. But in that moment, they probably didn't. Also, they tend to forget all of the times that they thought that they were in love with a person when they first saw them. And then they realize the person chewed with their mouth open. The person cheated on them. They just didn't feel it with the person. And so what we find is that probably not a lot of um, support for that in practicality, but people backwards write their stories to remember love at first sight. We also find a little bit that people who believe in love at first sight um, tend to have those destiny beliefs that I talked about, I think last episode, where they believe you either have it or you don't, which is a good predictor that relationships won't last. Because once things go bad, if you believe that you are either in love or you are not, you're unwilling to actually work towards bettering your relationship. There you go. Extra credit. Sniffing people's pants. Really creepy. That's good. That's good. Or committed. Like you're I, all in. <laughs> or you need a restraining order. Um, so... Uh, Claire has consistently, I, I put down a note, um, Claire, I feel like is showing a marked, um, disrespect for the other guy's time by the way that she is treating Dale's time. Let's talk about the extended makeout session. Who's ready for this? Ooh, let's go for it. Who wants to get us going? Ooh, it was so cringy. Yeah. And A, because I guess I don't really and not like <laughs> I don't it it was so I felt like it took me to junior high so rapidly that I was so uncomfortable with the whole situation. And I feel like it was like a junior high dance where two people went off and one of them is somebody you thought you liked, and then you walked into the around the corner and there they were and you were like my life is over <laughs> and in the middle of it we had mr blowing bubbles in his I was, it, this is all it got so i was just watching it and i was like i don't even know what's happening right now <laughs> so bad so danielle texted me and was like he just needs to own this and then i think um, I'm looking for his name. Riley also told him just to own the makeout session, which I agree. It felt kind of like when you got caught by your parents and they're like, what were you doing? You're like, we were, she fell on me <laughs> and then tripped. my hair got messed up and then my pants got unzipped on accident. And <laughs> it was just, he couldn't even form a sentence when they're like, what happened? He's like, um, uh, yeah. And <laughs> we all know Dale so, can't lie. No, he doesn't lie very well. Mm -hmm. Like not at all. Like you don't have to 
take a course on nonverbals and lying to know that Dale is lying. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, I mean, and they were having fun, right? <laughs> I felt like they were having fun and she was so giggly and he was giggly, but like, you did have a lot of empathy for these guys that are just like sitting around, like waiting. And then when they would go, whether it was easy. And then I think maybe later, was it Chasen who interrupted and you're like, feel so bad for them. Like you said, Connie, it's like being at that dance and you like want to ask someone to dance but then like they're making out with someone else it was weird junior high and then when she did when they got caught they were both like come on let's go out here we'll sit on the couch and dale's kind of like where's the door like he i think he was like actually looking like doing a mime in a box i was like what is he doing kiss lee so i would point out i thought claire at one point I think I heard her say, oh, this just kind of happened. And I'm calling BS on that because when she brought Dale in, there was a couch in a living room and then a bed. And my friend Kim pointed out that they went straight into the bed. When the other guys came in, it was like, we have this wonderful seating area. Why don't you have a seat? Um, and I also would like to point out that Dale sitting on the couch when Easy walked in was him trying to hide a boner. And I don't know of a better way to put that. But I think he was like doing his very best to like pushes. Yep. Pillows. Yes. Afghans. Yes. And there were several times when they stood up. Silk, not a good um fabric if you're gonna get wrinkled. Uh also her hair when she went out back to the guys was like all sticking up. And uh and then Several times when they stood up from the bed, the camera was like right at crotch level on him. I I feel like they were really like hamming this whole thing up. Um, Yeah. There's some awesome memes that I saw that are like, you know, Barbie with like her hair all messed (laughs) up. And it's like Claire after making out with Dale. (laughs) And she wears such shorty short dresses that she she's trying to pull it down i'm like i don't think it goes down i think that that's how short your dress is so i did appreciate ed and her having their moment and she walked in and ed was blowing bubbles in his beer and dale was like can i steal her for a minute and ed was like we were having a moment i don't i i don't know if you were having a moment buddy i think i want to know more about ed now yeah Ed also, yeah, he just, he's interesting. I, he's a mouth breather. That's what I've noticed about him when they like show him like at the rose ceremony. He seems to be a mouth nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, they did bring up that Claire and Dale might have known each other prior. Um, so I guess my questions, is that a bad thing? Is that unfair? Because we know that Blake Moines knew her prior, but they don't seem to be angry about that. Well, our little pilot danced and hung out at a wedding with Kelly, who he's with now. They knew each other prior. That's how she got onto the show. So Connie is a level of knowledge about the bachelor that I, she's, she's like, there's levels to this, like how much you read into it. And Connie knows a lot. So I feel like, well, honestly, do your research. 
kind of like goes back to Yusuf. Did you not know what show you signed a contract to be on? Did that part, did you blank out when you signed it? Because it, it is, this is what it is. And they're trying to change it up all the time. And they don't have a lot of options when you're stuck at a resort and you're the only people at the resort. So, but I don't know. I feel like they had more time this time than any other time because of this whole quarantine thing. I don't know. Because I know that the Bachelor and Bachelorette, they get like a binder with their pictures and their profiles and all that. So they can start memorizing their names and what they do and all those kinds of things before they get there. It's like telling someone it's a job interview. You're going to interview these five candidates, but you can't look them up on social media. I'd love to know how many people actually abide by that truthfully and never look those people up by social media. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things. Here, we're going to give you 30 people. You can't look into them or say hi or look them up. But here's their picture, and this is what they do. They manage a boy band in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what's suspicious to me is she was upfront about it with Blake. And, you know, maybe that's the difference, too, is that he came clean. <clears throat> I think it's also interesting. We're hardly getting any time with Blake. Like, where did he go? You know, he seemed to be. He was emasculated after dodgeball. That was, you could tell that's where things went downhill when he had to walk back, like cupping himself slowly. So mad. So mad. Oh my goodness. So mad. So the roast, did it help or hurt Dale? First off, zing, which. (laughs) is my new favorite thing to say whenever someone like insults somebody is just zing zing. Yep. Um, is it fair that her convert? Oh, so, so first did the roast help or hurt Dale? What do you think? Oh, it helped him because she became more compassionate. Like they're picking on Dale, but we only heard what they said about Dale. We heard no other context about any of their you know they talked more about other things, people, situations. We only got to hear the Dale stuff. I thought that it was, it felt like the producers again, that the other guys that weren't on the date ended up showing up at the date anyway as the audience. And I think that that was probably intentional and wasn't necessary. That's a good point because they could have just not had Dale there. And I bet not near as much stuff would have been said about Dale. Well, they don't have an audience to come from because they're in quarantine. So there's that. And maybe they're just thinking, well, we better get these guys as much face time as possible because it's really going to be hard to pick a bachelor because nobody knows anybody but Dale. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like roasts. I think they're dumb. Just they're as mean. A, as a personal, like it's like your whole goal is to be like insulting but only to a point. And they did this one other time with one of the bachelorettes. And it was uh, the girl who ended up with JP, I think. And Ashley maybe or something. But anyways. He went south. Yeah. So like they were having fun. And then one of the guys said, oh, Ashley's here. I wish it would have been Emily Minard. And then that was like, she would not happy. Yeah. So it's like. Somebody always ends up with their feelings hurt. And then she basically all of her conversations with the guys were like, like Bennett was like, uh, I'd like to move on from Dale. And she's like, okay, but I'd like to know more about what Dale said. So I, I guess 
to wrap up Dale, is it fair to the, those guys? Or, I mean, I guess she's like, she's interested in him at this point. She's just vetting her candidate for her fiance, which she said. That, whoo, that was a moment when she called him her fiance. And, you know, my concern is, I know that Claire is in with Dale. But, and I think that he is interested in her. But I'm like, is he like calling her a fiance? Yeah. I don't know if it feels equal. I I don't know. Yeah. And there is some pretty good research evidence that if you enter into a relationship where there is that much inequality, uh, like it's it's not going to end well. Um, you know, like if there's one person that is that much more heavily invested, there becomes such a power dynamic that it ends up in people with hurt feelings. It, uh, she, okay. She went on the show to find the love of her life and maybe this is Dale. So I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to give her some credit for that. Like if she knows, she knows, but the whole magic or weirdness of the bachelor and bachelorette isn't work for this. It's not set up for some, I'm sure when she kept saying that, I'm sure they were behind the scenes going, I've had 42 COVID tests. I have been away from my family for four months. Claire, get it together. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that maybe that's why it's headed where it's headed, at least based on the previews, because it's getting to be unfair to the other guys. And, um... I think that she's starting to feel that and sense that a little bit too, but not enough for her to not, not enough for her to quit talking about Dale. <laughs> so what happens when Tasha shows up? Because she is closer to Dale's age. She is obviously one of the very few people on Bachelor in Paradise who ended up coming out and people were like, seems like a pretty nice person. Usually you end up in Bachelor in Paradise and everyone's like, wow, they're a mess. And she came out and was like, seems normal. Like, is Dale going to be like, yeah, I still really like Claire. Or is he going to be like, oh. (laughs) I think that depending on how the ending, because that really hasn't been sneaked out there into the world. It depends if he's gone. Too bad. So sad. You put all your chips in on Claire. So I'm hoping they're happy. But man, I'm telling you, that last scene, I didn't expect it because I was like, okay, we're still with this Claire mess. All right. So I almost turned the TV off. And then boom, that bombshell shot of her coming out of that pool. I was like, whew. All right. Yeah. Let it go. go. (laughs) She is gorgeous and funny and nice. And she came just strutting out there. And I'm like, she's a beast. Let's go. Come on, easy. Bring it. Like, I hope they keep some of these same guys. I, I bet they'll bring in some new ones because we've lost some. Right. But how do those guys pivot? That'll be a That's what thing. I keep thinking about. Or are they like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably a good amount of those guys that are over it. And, like, they're on the show now to get the free appetizers and, like, sit by the pool. All right. Zach, oh, did I interrupt someone? Go for it. No, Zach's date. Let's talk about that because that got a lot of play on social media. Um, 
I thought during the pedicure, she like, so I was reading online um, and one of the producers said like, oh, she was trying so hard on the pedicure to make a connection. And I was like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she looked like she was trying. Like, she was like looking off into space and like, he'd be talking. She's like, oh yeah, that's great. So I felt like she wasn't really into the date anyways, but I'd be interested in, in people's assessments. It was super uncomfortable. I mean, he was uncomfortable and he's nervous. And then didn't she say like, oh, he's stressing me out. Yeah. She said he has, he brought the energy, but now it's turned into anxious energy. And yeah. And he's just out of his comfort zone, getting a pedicure and then all that guacamole on his face. I was like $40, like $40 worth of guacamole if the, if you would have bought it at Poncheros or Chipotle. And it, it just like, didn't feel like it wasn't like, Oh, they're doing this like sensual like thing. It was just like, I'm going to smother some avocado on your face. Shut up. I'm hungry. I'm going to lick this off of you. It didn't even get that kind of maybe weirdly romantic. It would just happened. It was so awkward. But I'm wondering if they're all just like, she's not into us guys. And everything they try, they're just like, this is weird. I'm not going to be able to make a connection because she doesn't care. So then, oh, go ahead, Danielle. So then her not being into them, but then there's this weird kiss. And I'll set it up. But I think this might be, Danielle, are you going to give us extra credit on this? Extra credit. (laughs) Uh, So she leans in for a kiss. And something happens and then she decides he didn't want to kiss her. And then he tries to pull her in once she tries to walk away. And then he tries to pull her in again, like hand on the neck, pull her in, which you probably should go and watch it online if you haven't seen it. Cause it got borderline. Like I was like, are the producers going to step in here? So go ahead, Danielle, take it away. Extra credit. Extra credit. So zing. (laughs) already the scene is a little weird like he's in the pool she doesn't even get in the pool with him she's on this floaty and so they're not like they don't it doesn't seem like there's any touch it doesn't really seem like they're having much of a conversation like it's there's like really nothing happening so I was a little surprised when she went in for the kiss Right. And I think that he was too. Um, I think she felt him pull away. Like when I've watched it online and like slowed it down like a creeper, I didn't really like John Madden. Like she goes <laughs> in for the kiss. Like yes. Like, I didn't notice him necessarily pull away, but she must have felt it. Um, because then he, you know, she stops and she, he's like, No, no, I wanted to kiss you. And then he does, he keeps grabbing her on the neck and is it's pretty aggressive. And she's clear that she doesn't want it, like want to be kissed. And he kind of continues this. And so I guess, you know, one, I would remind people what affirmative consent is. So affirmative consent is that just because you've given consent in one situation doesn't mean you're continuing to give consent. So you have to say yes as you continue continue to have intimacy and you can do that verbally or you can sometimes do that with your nonverbals, right? Um oh, sorry about that y'all. So um 
she was clearly not giving consent and he was aggressively, I think, trying to get consent or go in for the kiss anyway. Um, I think what becomes really sort of interesting is I had much more of a visceral reaction to this scene than I did when Claire grabs Yosef, right? And so sort of thinking about why do I respond? Like, what is it that's different about this? And I think one thing might just be sex, right? That like when a woman is more physically aggressive, it doesn't send the same sort of alarms as it does when a man is. But I think there's other things going on here that are beyond that. So one, it's the place that you touch. So for example, touching someone on the shoulders or on the elbow or on the hand isn't nearly as aggressive or intimate as on a neck. And then, so like, we think about the neck as a more intimate space. Um, The other thing is, you know, the context of the situation, Claire and Yosef were in a verbal argument. He's really kind of making some accusations towards her. So she's sort of on the defensive where with Zach, they're in a physical intimacy situation. You know, they're both stripped down. His advance is an intimate advance. And I think that when people are touching in unwanted physical intimacy situations, that produces a very different reaction and response. I would say both were unhealthy forms of touch. um, But I do think that there's probably a reason why we respond more negatively to what happened with Zach and Claire. So that would be my extra good, credit. Good extra credit. Pa, pa, pa. Finger guns. Zing. Zing. So then we, we actually had a student question. So I will say Connie is the person who every morning after the bachelorette, I wake up to an email from her with her hot takes, which I love. And it makes my Wednesday morning. Um, but I had a student email me um, and ask about breaking up. Um, so Claire basically had Chris Harrison go and end this. Um, and the student didn't seem real pumped. She said, well, first off, she was like, can I get someone to do that for me? Which I was kind of like, I guess maybe that's like an on tap market. Like maybe I could do that. If things go south at the university, people could hire me and I can show up and be like, listen, it's time to go. It's time the to breaker. Go. Second, Still the breaker. Um, I was broken up in sophomore year of high school via email. Um, and this was back when email was barely used. So I feel like it, like the girl who did that, who may be listening to this was like the grandmother of the text breakup. And she should get something in a book that like cites her as I won't say her name, but, um, third, what we find is that if you ask people, would you like to be broken up with via an electronic medium, they say absolutely not, or a third party that's insensitive. However, when you ask a person if it's okay, they can see the nuances. So there's kind of a context to it. So I feel probably from Claire's standpoint and her former trauma, like that was probably an acceptable thing to do. I have a feeling Zach is like, I feel like I'm owed a little bit of a conversation. Um, I really have no opinion one way or another. I just think it's I thought it was kind of interesting. And what do you guys think? What do y'all think? Well, I kind of wonder 
back to their weirdo scene that they ended up having. I wonder if, because when I watched it, it looked like she kind of went in and I think his gears were just not clicking like quickly. And he was like, wait a minute, is she going to kiss me? So he kind of went back. And then I think he went, oh, she is. And she moved away. By that time, she'd moved away. And I think he was like, no, no, no. And then I think he panicked. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the way they were sitting and everything, yeah, he shouldn't have grabbed her there. But I think he was like, I do want to kiss you. This might be the only chance I get to kiss you. And the, I, it would have been interesting if he would have at least had an opportunity to go, I made a mistake. I didn't realize at first that you were going to kiss me, but then I wanted to kiss you, but then you didn't want to kiss me anymore. I didn't mean to. I, maybe at least even an apology before he was cut loose because he didn't have a chance. Nobody else has a chance. It's all Dale. But yeah, I, I just feel like at this day, Claire had no problems breaking up with Juan Pablo. Mm. You know what I mean? She told him where to go and how to get there. And she thought she was getting engaged. Maybe the difference is that she doesn't really see them as having a relationship. Oh, that's there true. I, I also think she probably was happy to have a way out of that. Like, I don't think the having Chris Harrison was that, but I think probably like she went in to kiss. He did a little bit of a pull away and probably because she was in Dale, she was like, boom, this is it. Like I'm out. This is my, this is my out. You know, I don't know if you've ever broken up with someone and they did something and you're like, yes, this is, <laughs> I know I have. And then you feel so good the rest of the day because you feel free. And like the world is your oyster. <laughs> you like skip on the street. You're like, I can go to the bars and flirt with people. I kind of was like, what, what is Chris Harrison doing? And then I was, then when he let him go, I was like, I wanted to say, dude, you didn't have a chance anyway. So don't be sad. I just, you got to know if you watch that show, when Chris Harrison walks in and you're supposed to have a date, like you got to just like, I think I wouldn't say anything. I would take my plate, $200 plate of food and like, like start eating it and just walk out. Your roller case and your plate of food. Yep. Like I'd be like, you don't even got to say anything, Chris. Same thing. If I was on there and someone was like, can I walk you out? I'd be like, no, you do not need to walk me out. I will. I will. Yeah. So my last thing, you can give yourself a rose. Like Claire gave her. I'm going to start giving myself roses for showing up like she did. We should, we should give ourselves roses. That was full indication that things had gone south and that this was over. When she was like, Rose, accept this Rose, Claire. I'm like, hmm. I feel like she's like teetering on the 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 brink of losing it. Like that that was like watching it again, like and her giving herself that rose. I feel like Danielle, you look like you're shaking your head. Are you in disagreement or no, no, I'm agreeing. Oh, I thought it wasn't a good sign that she couldn't commit to keeping even one of those guys. Well, and the monologue just with the rose was like just a little bit cringeworthy. And it's, I was kind of hoping she was drunk and it was like something dumb you do when you're drunk and not, she was not totally of sound mind. Like with this strange monologue, like it just seemed a little unbalanced. You wonder if she did it like she was, you know, they take thousands of hours of footage. Uh, you wonder if she was just like, you know, in between. Like she was waiting stuff, there. She was yeah. just like waiting. And she's like, Claire. 
please accept well, this cell phone. As but she bought herself a ring too, right? So I think this is kind of in line because, you know, people were panicking because on Instagram, she had like a ring photo. It's a promise and, ring to herself, right? Yes. Yeah, so she brought, so she has a promise ring that she gave to herself and now she has a rose that she gave to herself. If it's on brand, I guess, like good for her. Do you scrapbook that kind of stuff? Like what? What? <laughs> What is happening? Photo I took the idea of hiring a photo person as you're like putting the ring on your finger. And then like it's across your stomach with the ring, like the, the shot that everyone does on Facebook. <laughs> I don't understand. I like Claire. Like I feel like Claire's always gotten the short end of the stick on all the other things Claire's been on. But this episode is making me think that maybe, just maybe, I didn't have as good a read on Claire as I thought. That she might cause some of her own drama. I th- I think that there are some other signals that I think that she's done a lot of self-work to help navigate some of her past traumas. But I do think that there are some signs, like when she got into a conflict with Yosef, that that she can fall into unhealthy habits um, when things have sort of escalated. Um, So, yeah, I mean, but I also think there's a lot of signs that she's worked really hard. Yeah. Yeah. She says some stuff that you can tell that she's very thoughtful about her, you know, who she is and who she wants to be. And I think we probably all could, you know, improve ourselves if we put that time and effort into it. So Do you think she has someone who helps her through that? I mean, you get a person that is like your person with the show, but do you think they, she has a person that can support her because it's been pretty much of a, I think she has a counselor. I wonder if she's allowed to talk to her. Cause I mean, she's talked about go having, you know, talking to people and, and going through therapy. I wonder if she has access to like her specific counselor. Because this is so... Or if ABC hired one and they're like, yeah, that sounds bad, but we're going to need you to go out there and cry in front of the camera because that's a ratings boost. Because she's been free to talk about her past and with trauma and things like that. So part of me feels like the responsible thing is to make sure she has access to what she needs Yeah. to maneuver through this process because it isn't normal. It's a lot. All right. Is it time to wrap it up? Are we at that point? Are we going to give the Iowa whelp? Whelp. Whelp. Best be going. Okay. So lesson for the day in a short sentence. Mm. It's hard to do the lesson because there's a lot of ups and downs. This is kind of a real like. I'll make my lesson related to my extra credit and it's that where, how, and the context in which you touch people matters. Ah, that's a really good one. That's excellent. Cause it applies in several situations for this last episode. So that's excellent. Constance or ma, as I like to call you in softball. You do call me ma. Ma, ma. Um, I guess my lesson is the next time I stay at a La Quinte, I hope they have an inflatable swan in the pool because when that bad boy showed up, I was like, Hey, that's cool. And then things went south. 
Uh, I, my lesson is that I'm happy someone else is uncomfortable with pedicures as much as I am. And I do not think that would be a useful date for me. So it was good to see somebody else be as creeped out as I would be with someone touching my feet. (laughs) I like that. That was like such a strong moment of connection to Zach. I almost wrote him a letter and it's like, (laughs) keep going, Zach, keep going. You got this, Zach. All right. That is it. Connie, you want the last word other than vote? This is the last time you'll have to hear me say this. Vote, vote, uh, vote Yes, vote. most definitely. Everybody needs to vote. If you haven't voted, you need to figure this out quickly, rapidly. And um, I think, Dale, I think we're going to wrap it up this week. This week, I think the Dale-Claire thing will be wrapped up. And bring on Tasia, man. I'm ready for a fresh start. I, I feel like Election Day and Tasia, if that falls on the same day. No, Thursday. That's right. It does change. It should have been on the same day because that would have been just like the planets had a line. (laughs) All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween. You've been listening to Batchadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGew and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at batchadamia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.